You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Very special guest today. But before we talk about the guests and you get to listen to them, I hope you'll uh, just subscribe. If you like this interview, uh, subscribe to this little podcast. Make me happy. Make the podcast happy so we can keep doing this for all you amazing people out there. And uh, the handles are at Inside of You Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. Uh, we have Inside of You Online Store. We have a bunch of great merch and tumblers. We got new tumblers coming in. We got Smallville stuff. Lexmas scripts, tons of great stuff. Check out the Inside of You online store. Uh, I'll be doing cons. I'm on the cameo. Blarty Blar. Um, sunspin.com is the band name. We will be playing June 24th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Get tickets. Come see us. It's fun. There's prizes. You know, we're going to give a random uh, a random person who comes to the concert. It's it's virtual. You go to stageit.com or sunspin.com. You type in sunspin. But uh, we're going to give them a Zoom, a few-minute Zoom for free, a random at the Stageit. Rob doesn't even know about this. Rob is my guitarist. Uh, so we're going to do that. A um, lot of good stuff coming up. Join Patreon if you want to support the podcast. Without you, we could not do this show. Patreon.com slash inside of you. Um, Eric McCormick and Steven Weber, guys that I was big fans of and big fans of, been watching for a long time, and they're not much older than I am. Eh, maybe you are, Stephen. I don't know how old they are, actually. They look so good. I don't even know how old they are. And we don't need to get an age. You talk about it. You talked about it. I know, I know. I, do. <laughs> I, do. I talk about age. I like to talk about age. People, you can't ask a woman their age. I'm like, I did. <laughs> hey, I'm. my thing is like, I'm 50. You got to be like 34. They're like, I'm 52. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. <laughs> Don't worry. That's the way well, to do it. Low, yeah. That's you got to yeah. do that. You're 34. <laughs> well, thank you. I don't know. I don't know what you could do. They've got a great new podcast. Not only are they big stars, TV movie stars, they've done so much work, but now they have a new podcast that just is a blast. It's called Eating Out. I know there's a lot of you pervs out there who just thought something, but it's what it says it is. You have to check this out but listen to this conversation with them they'll tell you so much more about it uh they were great guests i'm delighted to have them in the studio with me um they were so nice to my dog i hope you see some pictures i'll post about with eric and the uh and my little puppy uh, charlie who's older now and still pissing <laughs> i always sing my dog likes to potty all the time potty all the time potty all the time that was eddie murphy who sang that Did you know that was it? Yeah, Eddie Murphy. He had one song, and that huh. was that. He also had a song on his album called Put a Boogie in Your Butt. I'll put a tree in your butt. I'll stick me in your butt. It's just in your butt. It's called In Your Butt. Listen to it. Uh, anyway, let's get inside of Eric McCormick and Steven Weber. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers <laughs> in her hair and a dress down, down to there. She would merengue and do the cha-cha. <laughs> we all ended on cha-cha. She was, was the woman who um, um, Wall of Sound Phil Spector killed. Oh, oh wait, thanks for right. bringing the way to start the podcast off with death. Why don't we get into Gordon Lightfoot? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we should. He's now, uh, <clears throat> luckily, he's uh, he was booked to play the lounge in the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, you uh, used that one yesterday. And, uh, and don't no. expose me. This is. Uh, I'm not gonna get good. 
I like to say that he's riding that Canadian railroad in the sky. Mm-hmm. Right, sure. You know what I mean? Well, there was a time in this fair land where the railroad did not run. Oh, man. Have you ever seen and, a concert? Well, yeah. When I was 14, <sighs> saw him in Toronto. And uh, and then saw him again only a few years ago, maybe five. He was very thin and frail. Yeah, and the, the baritone part had gone. Yeah. So Like uh, they're picking yeah, up the pieces of yeah. my... Yeah. I love that song. I love that too. I love Care. You know what? My mom, I think my mom banged him. Really? If she didn't have sex with him, she made out with him. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was, I mean, he was a back pretty- Back in the day. It was in the day. Pretty mm. good looking guy. But she was married. Yeah. Oh. So that probably wasn't a good thing. Wow. But they're divorced now. We spill the beans on this show. I mean, we do spill the spill. Why are you tea? looking at me like this, Stephen? <laughs> I feel unsafe here. As you should with all these horror movie posters. And I'll tell you what, no, man, this is my whole thing. I'm so into this fucking, I, I love the thing, Escape from New York. I, you know, and also I've been listening to, to about podcasts, uh, Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery's podcast. They've, a, they've got a great one. Really? Uh, and they dissect all these genre heavy films and B movies. And sometimes they'll do an A film like they just did The, the Hospital, George C. Scott. Oh, but then they'll do, uh, you know, the, the Getaway. And then they'll do kind of odd, kind of fringy films too and really kind of break them down. Really fun. Can you do a good uh, George C. Scott impression? Oh, God. You can only do one when he yells, right? Eddie. It's not in the files. Eddie. He does that. You owe me money. <laughs> That's pretty you know, good. And in the movie Rage, he says, God damn it. Like, God would shit his pants. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, he, there's nobody like him in show business today who has that bottled rage. Mm. Who That that was like his selling point. Now, he also did He also did uh, comedies, you know. But I he never, did? He did one... Um, Oh, the the Bond, the Kubrick one. That was kind of a well. No, that was uh, that was great. Yeah, that, that's right. That's Strange Love. Yeah. He also, he did one where he played kind of Sherlock Holmes. I forget. It's called They Might Be Giants. That's oh, what it was called. good that's, band is, too. Yeah, is that where the band, band gets its name? You know, I, They I, Might I, Be Giants. I, I, they might be. Giants. I know. I don't know the music that well, but I never knew where they got their name. Put a little birdhouse in, in your soul. soul. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I could tell why you're friends and why you have a podcast. It's just like it's just nonstop. Are you exhausted as I am after an interview? You just want to yeah. take a nap. Isn't it funny how exhausting it is? You're like, well, I just sat here, and you know, and the sort of the 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 lie, the hook of the show, and the lie of the show is that it's not an interview because we have two people on it, and it's a conversation. Right. But still, it's up to us to keep that conversation alive and going. Yeah, they don't have to; they can just sit there and wait. So it is tiring mentally and vocally, I think. Too well, but to at the same that. time, everybody knows why we're there, and so everybody's up a little bit. Everybody performs yeah. a little bit, right? But they're chewing. The chewing food. Are they yeah. chewing loud? The chewing? It, have you had a, a, a real loud chewer? We encourage it. We really do. We want that. And we want the sound of forks and knives. That's right. That's and right. We want that. all that stuff. We want uh, chewing, well, and, and also like, we want this. Right. I, I bet you know. I bet Richard Kind was a okay, chewer. Okay. Well, you'd <laughs> be surprised. Now, no, is- he was shockingly gentle. He was a shockingly gentle chewer. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy. He's the great. He's yeah. like so nice. Everything's nice. It's Everybody so true. Everybody does right? him. Yeah. yeah. I don't do him. You just did him. He was very good. Really? Yeah. All you have to do is be a little Jewy. Can I say that? Because I'm a Jew. Well, you, I mean, you I'm can. a Jew too, but he can't. You can't say yeah, that, Eric? Yeah. No, get, I mean, get, I can. I can say it, but why would I? Why would you take the risk? Yeah, exactly. Especially nowadays. That's right. That's right. Eating out. Eating out with Eric and Steve. I mean, 
Who came up with that one? Well, it makes sense. We're eating out. We're eating out. But it could be good. it's a double entendre, like my podcast. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So. What are you talking so? about, Michael? <laughs> First time you've heard that, Eric? You sick, um, sick fuck. The other one that I loved, which was, I think, eating out was mine, I think. I don't but, think but so. But the other one, was is it, was it yours? Yes, of course. All right. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the one that was Stevens that I really loved was uh, uh, Mutual Mastication. That's what I. That's the title. I thought I, I, we really should go. But that would have got us in Dutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the good. Dutch, <laughs> now, the Dutch yeah, are always yeah. angry. Are they? Yeah. What do they have to be angry about? Exactly. Are, are you kidding? The Dutch? What? Oh, the, the shoes and the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but they live in such a beautiful place. Oh. Yeah, fuck them. And fuck the Dutch. Fuck the Dutch. Hey, don't say that. No, on the we're kidding. We, we, need, we no, need the Dutch. We love the Dutch. You, you probably have a, at least one percent of the Dutch are watching that. I love Dance Amsterdam. So Wings much. had a huge yes. Dutch uh, demo. Really, Wings did no. no did of course not. not. I mean, look, you guys have done so much work. I mean, I could sit here and go on about all the things you've done. I won't. Unless you want me to. What are you going to do with yeah. an hour? I mean, you might just, as well. Well, I mean, it's Fill just it like, up. you know, you, you, you're you on the new Chicago Med. Yes. Right? How and, many is that? What season? Hey, it's like in its 80th season. No. <laughs> it, it's actually Chicago Med, I think, is this is going to be going into its ninth season. Uh, and then it's part of a triad with Chicago Fire, which I think is maybe in its 11th season, and Chicago PD, which is in its... How many episodes have you Chicago done? Chicago dermatology, oh Chicago. <laughs> That's what I say. Ear, nose, and throat. What is it? NCI Nebraska. NCI Nebraska. Yeah, NCI NCI out, yeah. It's just endless. Yeah, but it's like a, it's probably a good paycheck, right? It's really good. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's good. First of all, I'm grateful at this state of the game for me to be able to pull a decent paycheck. Because why is that? Well, because you have a shelf life, don't you think? That actors of a certain age, I'm 62. Yes, I've got a swimmer's build, but I'm, you know, but hey, I still look like I still look good. You do look. You both look really Not good. So bad. I didn't oh, know how old you are. I'm 51. I'm yeah. struggling. I yeah. turned 60 last week. What? And uh, and yeah, here we are. Yeah. And, and I agree. I mean, it's just I really, particularly after COVID, I thought, okay, that was. I guess I'm retired. I mean, what's <laughs> we're all going to come back and be yeah. vying for the same number of smaller number of jobs. That's but right. it's been a good year. And- Old people knocking over a bank <laughs> type of shit. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think that you guys will always have work. You always find work because you're good at what you do. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason why you shouldn't work. You could always work. The question is, my mentality is like, if I can make enough money not to work, that just sounds great. But you, know I mean, do you, I but you act, right? I mean, so you're. Yeah, but I, I you know, I, I did for so long and I loved it. And now I'm like, unless it's something I absolutely love, I, I kind of like doing the podcasts mm-hmm. and, and yeah. traveling and, and and just enjoying, you know, as much as I can. I, you just never know when it's going to happen. And I always look at those people that work till they're like 80 or right. nine. Like Clint Eastwood's 92 and right. he's doing another movie. It's like, what else? Why? Well, he what, must, what's he must love it. He, he can't need the money. Right. Yo, yo, he definitely, he definitely is needs the money for the, for the, <laughs> <laughs> right. for, you know, for, for me, it was, it was coming out of the theater. It was bred in me. It was like, you're yeah. supposed to one day play Lear. And if you don't, what, what are you in this for? I don't want to play Lear at all, but I do want to kind of still be in it uh, to some degree. I want, I, I don't, do I want to be sitting around in a, in a trailer waiting for my one scene on that when I'm 78? Probably no, not. No. But the, also that's but, the, that's the weird part of the, of the business that people don't know 
that that the majority of her time is spent kind of waiting around. It's spent not being creative right. or not in a, doing a scene with somebody and feeling inspired and all that stuff. It's mostly, you know, eating snacks and or trying to avoid eating snacks and memorizing lines and now scrolling endlessly, doom scrolling. <laughs> But you're you're doing going back to Broadway this summer, yeah. The cottage, which is, uh, the, the cottage, uh, directed the cottage. by Jason Alexander. <laughs> I love uh, Jason. He was on the podcast. Was he? Yes. yes, I love him. He's, He's so great. He's the nicest guy yeah. ever. We talk about a guy that is so busy and actually loves and actually busies himself with stuff that he loves. Yeah, yeah. He, he's attached to several plays yeah. as a director. This is actually his uh, rite of passage as a Broadway director. So I'm getting to be uh, in the in the front row for that. I can't I can't wait. I've missed. We were talking about this today that we our jobs were uh, in front of an audience. The yeah. sitcom world back then Studio was audience. Uh, an audience that loved your show. Couldn't wait. To, they couldn't believe they got tickets. Couldn't wait to show up. So it was rabid and fun. And every Tuesday night, in, in my case, was uh, was heaven. And I miss that since uh, pre-COVID, since just the months before. I just miss being in front of a crowd. I started in theater and, you know, high school and college and then off, off Broadway, like New Jersey Broadway. And there's the, there's the doorbell. You hear that's a nice doorbell. But uh, you know, for me, I loved acting. And then I got into film and TV and I stopped doing that live stuff. I, I don't know what it is, but the more I stayed away from it, the more nervous I got about sure. going back. Of are, course. You, are you nervous yeah. going back to Broadway? Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I only in, I think it's just particularly, you know, between the, the, the sitcom script changing every week. And then I had a show I did for three years for TNT where I was, I was constantly memorizing long uh, neuroscience passages. My memory was on fire for years and years and years. And now it's been, you know, three years of lockdown and I haven't had to memorize anything. And so I think it's just, I've- Muscle memory. It's muscle memory and just that kind of what I call the gremlins, those little things in your ear that go, you're going to fuck up. Yeah. Here I, you go. I know. Oh, I know you know the line, but you don't really know the line. And, and it's that's oh. that's the scariest thing about theater to me is just, I can know it cold and do it for four weeks and there'll be that one night where something says, not tonight. I mean, did you miss it? Did that's you crazy. hanker for it? I think I missed it in the beginning. And then the like more- if you were if you were offered some role or an opportunity to, to step onto a stage and do kind of a meaty role, would you consider it? I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. It'd have to be some like I saw a poster of Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Oh, that he you did. did that. Yeah. yeah. Did you direct it? No, I was uh, I was Roma in it, and this was a, this was 2010 in Vancouver. God, yeah. uh, you have and, to be older to do that, right? It can't. Well, it, that's the thing. Was all my my Canadian actor pals all realized in about 2007 that we were in our 40s and we were allowed now. It wasn't a class right, anymore. Right, 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 we were right. legitimately a great cast of the show, and it really was. A terrific production that you only saw if you were in Vancouver, but it's one one of my proudest achievements. I, I, that's I, great. I've fun. never seen it live, but I, I love that movie so much. Yeah. All the actors. What what character did you play? I was uh, Pacino's character. I was. Wrong. Oh my god! Can you still say that all all wait 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 all train compartments smell uh, <laughs> all wait, all train compartments vaguely smell of shit? What yeah, is it? smell vaguely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> here's the train opening. All train compartments smell vaguely of shit. It gets you don't mind it. That's the worst thing that I can confess. Yeah, I don't know. That's all you remember. Memory. You yeah. do have a good memory. <laughs> Inside of you is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. 
And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's, it's perfect for my lifestyle. And I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. If you want to save money, listen up. <laughs> I don't know how, how to tell you this other than f- this really works. Ryan went through this. Mm-hmm. We have so many unwanted subscriptions that we forget we have. And, uh, you know, there's so many apps nowadays that we just get lost. And, uh, you know, I'm not very app savvy. And, you know, I'll watch a streamer. And then the next thing I know, I forget that I just watched one show and I'm still subscribed to this after six months with rocket money. They take care of you. Rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Why don't you say, did you know that nearly 75% and end at, did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Yeah. I'm one of those people, Ryan. And between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I could see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love the dashboard and how it shows me this month's spending compared to last month. I like doing that. Uh, So I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's simply astonishing. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So 
Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's <laughs> crazy. I love that. Yeah, I'd, maybe I, I'd love to do that. Well, like, but it's a different kind of artistic, that's a, a kind of haughty word, but a different kind of artist, artistic, artistic <laughs> commitment. Well, that too. Well, yeah. that, but it's a different artistic commitment than the ones that we're talking about doing films or TV, which is absolutely cool and fun, but you do those in spurts, you know, like fits and starts, whereas <sighs> the curtain comes up. And brother, you are on and you're in it yeah. and you're, you're swept along and it's, I'm feeling it now as I'm talking to it. It's so exciting and different from, you know, from doing TV and film. It's a different discipline. Obviously there are people yeah. who are unbelievably uh, adept at doing, you know, film and TV and stuff, but holy shit, it's a totally different discipline and really exciting. Could you both right now, could you do Will and Grace? Could you do Wings? with the workload and and all that could you do it right now so oh, oh yeah i mean because i mean i think this the dirty secret of sitcom is that it's not that many hours a week right it's the writers that work it's hard the best, on the sitcom yeah, it's the, it's it's the, the people job. building the sets um but for me i i, I found that because the reboot just ended a couple of years ago i mean that is a kind of um sprint for me as a fabulous sprint Whereas I think doing an hour long show out of town, away from your family, hours and, a day. Oh, so there's this scene at night. Yeah. I mean, right. yeah, you. I mean, small. And you're in my favorite town. Vancouver is my favorite town. I love Vancouver. Um, it's a great town. It is. And uh, but it's that that takes it out of you. That is a different commitment than the sort of quick party that sitcom can. But be. It, but sitcoms to me kind of make me a little nervous because I did them. I did a couple of short lived ones for two years and two years. And that, you know, changing lines on you last minute and throwing stuff at you, it was just like, I, it was always so nerve wracking mm, yeah. that night or that week that I was just like, oh, I just collapse on a Saturday. For me, it was just like, oh my, I remember they threw like this m little monologue at me and they go, hey, and right before we went on, you're going to do this. Like, yeah, I go, what the, f I, I, I can't. And I remember I said, my dad was in the audience and I'm. And I, I struggle. I need to like yeah. let it sink in and take my time. And yeah. and it, it, it was really nerve wracking, but you didn't feel that way. I think that that, you know, for better or worse, that's a facility that I have that, or at least had that, that I, I, I loved that challenge. To me, it was like, you know, when you see DJs making shit up on the spot, I, it's, a I, gift. I, it's a gift. And, and I loved, I loved when they would throw that at us. And as time would buy, particularly when, with the reboot of Will and Grace, it was less and less of that. It was more like, oh God, what are you changing? What you, really? Um, particularly for the girls, they were like, yeah. don't give me, what are you doing? I just yeah. memorized this today. I love, I love the challenge of hitting the audience with something that they can see the writers just wrote. That's a that's a cool. Did thing. anybody struggle on either of the shows that you guys have worked on with like lunch? Have you dealt with actors that are just like they, oh, they hell yeah, like they just can't do it like you guys? Yeah, well, well, like you guys. I mean, it, it's it's just a, it becomes a practiced thing. And when you're a guest actor, as you know, that's the if worst. you walk onto a, you know a, a train that's already in motion, it can be daunting unless you're up for the challenge. And most people are. But there, there, I, there were some wonderful actors on Wings, 
that had the worst time. Now, P.S., even on the show Chicago Med, where you're doing all this kind of uh, medical techno babble right, crap right. that should yeah. only be read off a label on pharmaceuticals, <laughs> yeah. not meant to be spoken loud, that is murder, you know? And murder. I've, I've adopted all sorts of tricks as a result, but yeah, that happens. People, but also like, uh, you know, uh, Pat Hingle, remember the actor Pat Hingle? He passed away. He played Commissioner Gordon in uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Oh, wow. He, oh. among other things, uh, an award-winning actor, great actor, he did- an episode of Wings, this guy that started in, you know, in live TV in the 50s and won Obies and, and Tonys and all that stuff. And he was absolutely, I don't, I don't want to say thrown, but he was so turned off by this loud kind of pumped up genre. You know, we had we had a, a we had a band in the audience, yeah. yeah, yeah. you know, and so it was all about the event. It wasn't just about putting a show together. It was about creating an event for the for the audience and he was in hell because he couldn't concentrate he needed he wanted to go away and concentrate but there was no quiet place wow. i went to see um i went to a, um, a taping of will and grace i think this was the end of your first run and and i'd been off there i hadn't been on wings in years you know and, and we're, we're friends and i went it was like a fucking, it was like Disneyland, but even gayer. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was a machine. It was yeah. loud yeah. and the energy was, was all over the place and people were pumped out of their skulls and the actors are ready to go. And wow. it was, oh, it was huge. It was a huge event. Like I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting exhausted. I'm, I'm getting an, an aneurysm. <laughs> Tell you about that. It, there was so much going on. So, I mean, it's a very unique world. I was, I, uh, about season four, Hal Linden came on, who was Barney Miller. Oh, in the he came on as my sugar daddy in one episode. And oh, he, God. It, the, night, the night that the, uh, the audience came in, they were about to come in, he said, you guys still do this audience thing, huh? I said, yeah, that's what you guys did. He said, no, no, we did the pilot. I threw it out. I said, no. And we, uh, we shot them all with, uh, with uh, an audience there. And it was just, it was canned laughter. I said, and you preferred that? He said, yeah, who needs all that nonsense? I was like, that's the show to me. That was the fun. It's wow. like a circus. It's so to you be. looked forward to every Friday night when you record. Yeah. Truly exciting. Exciting. Yeah. You get look and and selfishly you get all that crazy affirmation. Oh yeah. You walk Whack, out, you get laughter. you constant laughter, and people are applauding you, and you just you feel you're living this dream that you had when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Did your parents always both you guys want you? I know that your your parents were like nightclub singers and performers. No, that was that, me. That was you. Yeah. yeah. That was you. My parents were like uh although my dad did think about acting in like nineteen fifty two, but he never pursued it. They were it was a very normal suburban Toronto upbringing. So they were always supportive, but it wasn't really till Will and Grace that they went, okay, he's going to make a living. Wait a minute. You know, all the, it took them that long to go, oh, okay, now he's working. Well, because no, I, I always worked, but it was guest star stuff and a lot of theater. And, you know. He I, hadn't I, struck until relatively late. Would you say you were 35 years old? Yeah. I mean, I did a series called Lonesome Dove for two yeah. years, but it was, and I got paid well for that. I met my wife. It was a great time, but then that ended. And for all I knew, that was it. That was my series work, you know, because at the time, most people that ever got a series, that's it. That yeah. can be the kiss of death. Uh, but luckily nobody saw Lonesome Dove, the spinoff series. So I was- uh, How many auditions I, did you have? 
for that? For for Lonesome Dove? For Will and Grace. Oh, for Will and Grace was about six. Six in front of the studio, the network. Yeah, it started with just the writers. And I, I kind of knew after that first uh, audition that I was their pick. But then it was it was, it was was weirdly before Christmas. And we, um, pilot season didn't usually start till late January, early February. So it just felt too early and I kind of backed away and I don't know, it was just, it just, it took a long time. And then by the time I had the role, it was another month before Deborah Messing came in. They always wanted her, but she wasn't available. And I read with a whole bunch of women. It was a long process. Had Max and David done a a series before that? They had done Boston Common, it was called. Boston Common. That wasn't the Shatner one. No, No, that was Boston Boston Legal. Legal. Boston Legal, yeah. Boston Common just, I guess, took place- Was that a school, right? It was a school. And it was Anthony, um, I forget his name. Um, Daniels? No. Oh, R2, it is you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I got a D. (laughs) Sorry. That's terrible. Good. Very squeaky. That was uncomfortable. (laughs) That made me uncomfortable. (laughs) What about you? Like, how how many auditions have you, the most auditions you've gone in on something that you've got? Oh, God. First of all, it's been a long time since I've auditioned, and that's not oh. a brag. No, it's no brag. You want to audition more? Fuck yeah! But now people don't even audition. In front I of know directors. it's you have terrible. To put it on a Zoom. Yeah, or everything something. is virtual now, and yeah. it really stinks. We it talked does. about that only an hour ago at lunch. That I, I miss auditioning. Oh, I really man. did. It was because you felt like you had accomplished something, even if you didn't get yeah. the part. Yes, you showed up. You that's saw right. each other. You saw the competition. You went in. You had things to overcome because they were eating their lunch or they were looking at something else. You had to get their you attention. You nailed it. You right. had to nail it. Kept it. you active and involved in the whole process. And yeah. more importantly, you got to show your personality. Yeah. It doesn't come through in a Zoom. That's right. You're probably trying That's too hard. Right. You're, I don't know, is he there? But when you go in there and you could be charming and be yourself and, you know, and take direction. Well, in those rare occasions when maybe there was something creative going on. And I, look, I, I did, I did a, a thing called um, uh, Murder in the First, which was Stephen Bochco's last series. Oh, yeah. With the, was that the ball guy? No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. no. That was something. One. That was a yeah. Wayne for Was that Dylan Baker? Called. No. Oh. No, no, no. There was a movie Murder in the First. But yeah, no, that was different. That was Gary was Oldman. Different. Yeah, no, and this this um, uh, this was Tay Diggs. This was uh, also a bunch of actors, and I went in, and it was at the end of the day, and I was reading for the role that eventually Tay went to Tay Diggs, and I really worked on it, really worked on it, and I just know it didn't it didn't work. And Bochco was there, you know, legend, and he was terribly kind, and there were a couple of the casting people there. And I, I left and I was really down on myself. It was the end of the day. I don't think I'd been working that much. And I decided to turn around and mm. knock on the door. No. Yeah. And oh, I, and I, I, was about, I was about six o'clock at night. It was winter in LA. So it was, you know, the only thing to indicate that was that it was darker a little earlier. And they looked at me. They want to go home at this They point. want to go home. And they looked at me and I, and I must have had something in my voice that said, uh, uh, please, let me, let me try this again. Please let me try this again. And uh, I, there was a moment when Botchko kind of looked around the the casting person that that answered the door, and they said, "Okay, okay." And they gave me different sides for a different character, and I read it, and uh, I got that role. You know, wow. and, and that, and it was it was it was um, it was wonderful on a lot of levels. Not only getting the job, but making that kind of contact with somebody. Who thought it was important enough to actually have uh, a physical yeah. presence in this project, and not just kind of 
do it all virtually off a computer off a you but know just the, the, that choice i mean i love that's brave that i, I had a similar story that was on, not that long ago I, w- I wasn't working either this was 15 2015 and it was uh, a new show called studio city it was a pilot and uh about true sort of based on a true story uh about a, a drug dealer and his daughter in the valley in the 80s mm. And uh, kind of a good, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. And because yeah. um, yeah. she she's saddled with dad. And now I I read this pilot. I thought this I I have to be considered for this role. And I called my agents. They called me back and they said they don't see you in the part. And I said, of course they don't see me in the part. I have to show them. Yeah. We had to beg. It was John Wells producing. Yeah. We had to beg John Wells to go in. And I got. It. I got it. Wow. And, and and they got this unknown to play my daughter. Her name was Florence Pugh. Ah. What? And uh, Fox did not pick it up. It's a great freaking pilot. You what still have that this? pilot? I don't have a copy of it. Was what that? What year is this? 2015. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences. Hmm in herself and she, because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly and and you know and and I I was like well this stuff works for me and what's great is I didn't even they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this um have you heard of synaletics yet well listen it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, Younger, I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic, Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us. 
myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's neutrophil.com promo code inside that is you know that i have a similar story where i go you know what let me read one more time she goes no i think we got it mm. i think you did a good job i think we're good mm. and i go yeah she's like, yeah and i left <laughs> that's it i didn't get it <laughs> that's it that is didn't so get moving it. No. She, i see what you she, did she, there I think she yeah did, they were just yeah. like i see what you didn't do there yeah right. uh <laughs> i want to do it again uh, no you, you won't you're not going and to. you will and you won't you're yes. not going to that's have right. you ever what's the biggest tank in audition you ever had because oh, i had one really? where i went in and i start i wasn't prepared and i thought i could just do it like a real good cold read and it was somebody uh, who cast me in a couple of things and i yeah. i looked at him after the second take and i go i'm awful <laughs> and you know it and i know it. he goes nah rosie it's i go no no, no i'm gonna go home oh. i'm gonna leave i'm not gonna waste any more of your time and uh i love you and i left wow. i didn't even come back that's a self-talk <laughs> yeah, i just i just yeah. was like I, you yeah. know it was just you know it's one of those things i didn't know I, uh. I thought i was not right for this there's no way i'm getting yeah. this so i didn't prepare and then i went in and looked like an asshole have you done anything like that well i i Ugh. For me, I always, I think I'm always prepared because I'm too terrified not to. But the one that was just an obvious one, I went right after Will and Grace, I went into audition for Band of Brothers. Mm. I did too. I met with Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks was in the room and I could just see in his eyes when I'd finished that there was no room at all Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) And I I phoned my agent after, any feedback? And they said, Tom thought there was still a whole lot of Will Truman going on Ah. there. And he wasn't wrong. I, I took a long time to get that out of my bones, but... 
But yeah, I would have had no idea in 2008 how to walk in and be, you know, a young soldier. Because you were wearing camouflage culottes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? What's funny is I remember them saying they don't want any uh, known actors. Right. They're trying to cast all. Un- so maybe that like maybe. that's what he was saying. I was already in my 40s by that maybe. point. That's not what he was saying. No, no. he was saying that yeah, you were just, yeah. just too will. Just did, little- you, did you guys ever deal with like, and by the way, I mean, these com- I, can, I can understand why the podcast was doing well. It has to do well, your podcast. I hope Eating so. out with, with, with Eric and with Steve. Eric because... I mean, it's just like, this is the easiest. How easy is this? (laughs) I mean, usually it's like sometimes pulling teeth or sometimes you got to like, and you guys just bam, bam, off each other. And it's it's nice to see that. So it's exciting. I'm definitely going to tune in. Hurrah! Yeah, for sure. What's your question? (laughs) The question is, look, get to the question. We know we're good. Hurry up, let's go. Do you guys ever (laughs) in your life, obviously, but like, you know, people, I talk about mental health a lot, but dealing with depression, anxiety, and this career that we've chosen can certainly bring you way down. Mm. Have you been that far down where you're like, I'm done with this, I can't do it anymore, I'm going to move away, I've had those feelings where I just want to get away. Were you ever that low or or thought, uh, you know, what, what, who am I? At some, you know? um, for me, honestly, right before that pilot that I was just describing was was my lowest. And it wasn't, uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm dead in this business. I'll never, I, I want to get out of it. But there was the fear that perhaps I'd had my run. Um, for sure, because I just finished another show for TNT, and I thought I think that's it. I think I've used up all of my my good luck, and um, and it was yeah, I was, was the lowest I've been for sure for about a month. Oh, yeah. for, so it was just a month though, but you didn't. Have yeah, to. no, it wasn't a long, long time. Luckily, but it was certainly um, it was certainly a, a major period of self doubt. I had a period of several years where uh, things were definitely had crested for me, and uh, I had not given thought to any future and indeed it put it highlighted the fact that i hadn't given a lot of thought to a lot of things that i'd done in my life either professionally or personally in the years leading up to this and and it became apparent in the kind of jobs that i was getting the kind of jobs that i wanted but wasn't getting until several years after some after I began feeling this, I felt like I was Bella Lugosi in 1956, like in Mexico doing a, you know, Aztec mummy meets blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's a good and one. I thought, what the fuck am I doing here? What am I, what's happening to me? And it began a kind of a personal journey when I got into that of, of trying to kind of take stock and, uh, and change my ways and live with intention. And the moment I started living with intentions, very vague to say, but uh, things started happening to me professionally, which were better, which were, I feel like the result of whatever energy I was putting out. But so much of my self-esteem had been tied up in the affirmation that I received yes. as an actor, as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had not thought that through, how shallow that is, how superficial ultimately that is. And, and because when that goes away, then that left went with my sense of meaning left with me, and I and and the me that I was left with was un, underdeveloped, and uh, and so then became uh, began a kind of a you know a years long journey to find out who the fuck I was, and once I found that out, to improve upon it, to fix myself, to make myself better. Not that I was a, a bad person by any means, right. but um, I had forgotten. I'd forgotten what it was that I loved about being an actor um, mm. apart from the attention it gave me. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, I've talked about this a little bit, but, you know, for me, uh, I never got the attention. You know, I never got the love, the unconditional. I, I didn't have any of that. So for me, it was only applause. It was only you're great. It's only, you know, the next thing, the next thing. And my, you know, my uh, agent, used, or not my agent, my therapist, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> but my therapist used to say, uh, it's like a colander. You know, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's like it just goes in and it's gone. Yeah. Not like, you know, real love, not like real something that you can feel. And so it it's really taken me a long time through therapy and things to start to realize going back, trying to find out who you are, how to love that little guy oh, that was yeah. lost. It's huge. And become, you know, more of an adult, someone who can really, so kind of, uh, it, it was more difficult, but did you ever, did you guys get the love and all that stuff with your families? Oh, yeah. I mean, my family <laughs> was- Steven's kind of looking <laughs> yeah. up to the sky. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> question. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, it is, because I think it, it goes to everything that uh, that actors can be, that we, we are desperate for attention sometimes because there was none at home there was definitely lots of of love at home uh, for me what 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 wasn't necessarily at home was a sense that um I was like I say, it was very suburban. There, I didn't grow up in an in a pulsating fame city. I grew up, you know, I had to find that side of myself, and I'd watch television through my childhood with my dad, who uh, whose sense of humor infused what I what I loved. And but I had the dreams came from in here. They they, they were my own. They weren't. They didn't come from my day to day life. Uh, but luckily, my parents were were loving enough to support it. Wow. Steven's still thinking about well I, I'm, I'm just trying to I'm trying to be cogent about it I mean the, the, because the I I definitely got love but um it, it's more than just receiving or being passive or you know in 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 getting that love I had to I hadn't and it took me decades to learn that I had to be I had to actively participate in <laughs> in my own life. I had to have a purpose. I had to define myself. And as a young man, even with um, the good results I was getting as a young actor, making people laugh or getting jobs or whatever, and and making my friends laugh and and having a facsimile of of a good life, um, there were some underpinnings that had been neglected in a way. And uh, if you want to go back, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of therapy. And, and uh, over the years, I really went back very, very far and found the roots of uh, a lot of behavior that kind of resurfaced, resurfaced later on. And, and I found that I had created kind of a schism between the affirmation I was getting as an actor and kind of my lack of purpose internally emotionally if you know what i mean yeah. and uh but i was able to in fact i'm not just saying this you know with with friends i was just going to ask that well you yeah dealing help yeah dealing, well yeah. Uh, uh, one of the things that brought us together was kind of a maybe an unconscious need to kind of connect you know to connect and to create a family or a network that wasn't just fun and games and not just based on acting but something that was emotional you know, something that had emotional truth and clarity. And those are the types of things that I couldn't really talk about with my father, the type of yes. role model, the male role modeling I needed, you know, I wasn't supplied me, not, not through any fault of his own. And, but, uh, but I, that I found later on. Um, so what am I saying? What yeah, time? no. Yeah, what time no, is it? No, exactly. I, 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 <laughs> like, I is it? like this. Next this question. Is, this is exactly really, right. This is really helpful. It started, I mean, he and I knew each other uh, 20 years ago, whatever, and we'd see each other occasionally, but it wasn't until we went out one night 
it's a jar i think it yeah, was yeah, and, yeah. and i just and we just started talking about the deeper feelings because he's hilarious yeah and i and i would try to compete and and everyone he is um <laughs> but when we got that, past the hilarity to the fears and all that stuff it was like this is what i i've always loved and what's what leads to, probably you you're the same way is what leads to a podcast is i really want to talk to you i actually would yeah. like yes laughs would be great but what's underneath the underneath is always interesting to me. You know, yeah. it takes, and it's a little risky to do that because you want to be liked and you want to get from A to B to C and without having to stop and explain or delve into certain things. Or feel like you're complaining. Or no, a complaining, which I'm moaning. Yeah. I, I, had, I had one moment while all this kind of transformative shit was happening, I want to say in the last 10, 12 years, I was at, I think uh, I was at the Super Whole Foods and the cashier casually asked me, how you doing? And I said, I'm not so good. Wow. And and she looked at me and we looked at each other. And I I, I couldn't believe I said that. <laughs> but she looked at me not with dismay or there was a moment of connection that could have gone on, but we would have held up the rest of the people. She could have even gone, all right. No. All right. <laughs> she could have given me right. Chris Farley. That's well, right. I guess that's, right. that's your theory. That's right. <laughs> These <laughs> cashews ought to help, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm just saying that that it, it, it one of the things that connected me to Eric and, and to all our friends and now to you, yes. Rosie, by extension, is, by extension. is um, a willingness to kind of go past those I don't want to say superficial because they're they're fine they're, but they're, they're facile that we're, we're very okay, yeah, that's right you know this, this go a little deeper yeah. a little deeper you know look time is time's a wasting and uh we're at a certain time in our lives where mortality is becoming more and more of an issue and I want to I want to get to the real you know we've had enough artifice it's been really fun you can make some money and friends and hear applause uh but uh I don't know. There's something. There's something deeper that's kind of beckoning. You know, it's funny. My friend James name dropped James Gunn, who all the big Marvel it's a movies. Good one. It's a good one. Um, at his wedding, he gave this speech, and I'm telling you, every, there wasn't a dry mm. eye in the house. But he was so honest, and he said something like, "For all these years, I had friends and I had family, and I knew intellectually that they loved me, mm. but I didn't feel it. I didn't." I knew it because I was smart enough to know, of course, they love me, but there was something about not feeling it. And then he met his wife and then everything started to change and he learned how to start accepting like I am loved. I can right. be loved. I can love myself, hmm. which I found like, you know, scary and also kind of uh, just good to hear, to hear from someone who, you know, you look and he's got it all and um but it's 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 tough. I, I feel like that sometimes. I, I've definitely worked on that where it's just like, you know, you, you're in the business and everything's great. You go to the cons and you're signing autographs and everybody's happy and people are, and then you go home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you got your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that Sally Field thing. If you like me, you really like me. I mean, we oh, all yeah. we're, we all get into this business with, with this tremendous sort of energy and ego and and ambition, but inside we're all terrified that no one actually likes us or thinks we're any good yeah. or worthy of love for yeah. sure and and you don't have to come from some bad home to feel that way you can be loved but it's the it's the mistrust uh and i think that's why so many of us i i've always just loved being somebody else that's i mean like acting is that to be i i i'm not going to be one of those actors ever that sit around and talk about my process my process is give me that hat i promise you i will be somebody else as soon as i put it on and and that's it it's it's 
it's play acting to me. But that also makes me distrust myself and look around and go, everybody else seems to be working so much harder. I must suck. <laughs> I must be shallow. That's a gift, though. You know? It really is a gift to have that, to have that excitement and the confidence to do that. And the passion, all those things combined are just like, that's magic. That's lightning in a bottle. But, also, have it, it, but in a weird way, also, why we're acting, why we're actors it's not just about the affirmation. There are also occasionally opportunities when you're given amazing things to say that speak to your truth, the truth that maybe you've been searching for knowingly or maybe unknowingly, you know, so that if you're, uh, it sounds highfalutin, if you're doing Shakespeare and you're saying something absolutely gorgeous and pithy, it, and and if you connect to it, it's incredibly meaningful and it, it kind of kicks a, a there's a moment of growth that happens in you which you know actually leads me into the kind of the 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 uh, WGA being on strike you know the writers how necessary they are to this process to our creative process as actors and also as an audience how how much audiences need pithy thought out well constructed dialogue and concepts and you know, as actors, haven't you found moments of of great emotional clarity in a part that you've been that you've been that you've learned where you're able to say something to somebody in ways that you've never been able to say in real life, or have the, mm. somebody a character touch you physically and 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 you know um, um, and intellectually and emotionally in ways that the people around you in real life have been too held or too afraid to express there's something amazingly i don't know uh basic about it yeah it's you know it's definitely cathartic for me and i think as i look back it was more like you know when i was when i'm acting some of these parts that are dark and, all, and it stems from all that shit i have and it comes out and i'm like where did that come out come from and then i if i really listen to myself and and i could i i know exactly where it comes from i mean you must have had moments moment. playing with john glover right that must have been yes. you know those have been funny yes. or superficial or whatever or facile but then there are those moments oh. when i'm sure you guys looked at each other and something fucking you know primal happened yeah and what what was crazy with john yeah. who i know you love yeah as an actor he uh he sometimes when i had to go really emotional and just lose my shit i get lost mm. and i and after it he would go it felt good didn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and i just looked at him and i was like yeah and it was just a moment just yeah. like he's like almost it was paternal yeah yeah and, yeah. and i needed that yeah it was weird it was like i was going through these emotions but he was also there <clears throat> yeah knowing i know i know you're hurting a little bit and you know good you're good touch my heart yeah <laughs> inside of you is brought to you by neurohacker qualia senolytic let me tell you something if you haven't tried this you are missing out i just sent this to my mom i have it i use it it's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, 
I tried quiacinolytic and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, quiacinolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Quiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times, we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by shopify you know i use shopify you guys go on the you know inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you it's so amazing shopify i can't think of anyone else that would do this 
uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. When you came up with this show, did you guys say, let's do a podcast? Or was it like Sean Hayes said, guys, you'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, Sean. Sean came to me and said, "I'm, I'm loving doing a podcast. Do you want to do one?" And uh, I what said, "What a flattering know? impression of him!" It's <laughs> exactly how he talks. Good lord! Uh, and uh, I said, "You know, Stephen Weber and I would be fun together." And it was only then that we started to talk about how much, how much truth comes out of eating with your friends, mm. sitting in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, getting completely loaded. Oh, so you um, drink a lot? No, we don't. But <laughs> does we, anyone drink? Yeah, occasionally. That's well. But most of the time, we've we've been doing our records in the day, so people are not showing up necessarily on a Sunday. With, but occasionally, because that's a whole other thing too, right? I mean, it's it's uh, once you're actually having a meal and drinking some wine. Yeah, then the, it's not an interview anymore. No. It's it's a conversation. But do the conversations ever get lost? Where you're like, you're going into deep shit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like bit. you're like, oh my god, we're doing we're doing a podcast. Maybe we should be. Let's snap out of it. That's it. Thank you. Thank God for an editor. After yeah. This. Yes. Right. But it's like, it's it's know. often you know unlike this where this was this has been great just us talking about our feelings. And stuff. It's very often showbiz stories right. that we haven't heard. We we have our own versions, but I haven't heard Fred Molina tell this story or Perry Gilpin or whatever. And uh, those I, we could go on forever on those. We have to pull back and go. Okay, we have to stop because right. they're so great. Everyone's got the to me anyway the most fascinating stories of auditions, how it got started. And, and what did Brian Cranston <laughs> say? What did what did he, did he have? Oh, any he's answer? awful. <laughs> uh, he's not what he's cracked Is that up that to guy be. From Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, <laughs> I mean, dull, dull, dull. What uh, he had a great story, and I think it was about Titus's show, wasn't it? It, Titus was, a, it was about Bosch, right? It? I think so, or, or something earlier than that. He, he's, I've heard him tell it twice now, and it was just about the the how much. Oh no, it wasn't. It was an Aaron, Aaron Sorkin show, um, and it was uh, just how much got 
written the night before and handed to him. It was an interrogation oh, room yeah, scene. And uh, and the other, I think it was Titus, had four lines in the scene. Oh. And he just had to stay. And, and it was all Brian. And, and Brian was sitting, he just he had a, a, a real crisis moment in his career. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, this is insane. Who can do this? And uh, of course, he's Brian Cranston, so he did. But, but you know, one of the things uh, that makes Cranston Cranston, we were talking earlier that now he's just got one name. He's Cranston. He's Cranston. And it'll probably be an adjective like, oh, this has been Cranston. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to Cranston that, uh, you know, that Philip. Uh, give me, I, I need a Philip screwdriver. I need to Cranston that nut. <laughs> that that he has retained probably, I don't know if, it, if it's uh, with great effort, but he's retained a grounded sense of humility that is genuine uh, against against what must be a torrent of <laughs> tempting uh you know uh, power power must come his way and he might he he must have been tempted or he may have been tempted to use his great power as this beloved very well-known very respected individual he's very grounded and in the yeah, show that we tell. did he he's uh I don't know why we're we're so surprised. Well, yeah, there's a reason why we're surprised by it because I guess we expect people who are who have that kind of wealth, not financial wealth, but that wealth of goodwill to go off and kind of use it and exploit people and use it, you know, with the impunity. He's actually he listens and he's thoughtful. You know, all the things that that I see him actually cropping up on my my Instagram crawl or whatever. <laughs> are so well thought out and they are the the fruits of somebody who's been aware and who's been present in his own life and is able to glean the uh, the lessons from it. You That's know? amazing. Have you, have you I'm ever, like Eric. Have you, I'm like Eric McCormick. <laughs> uh, have you ever, uh, you know, they always say never meet your heroes, your, your the actors. Have Has there ever been someone that you met and you're like, I wish I didn't meet them. Hmm. It just... Did you ever have that? Or who, and also, who have you gotten starstruck? Like, literally, like, oh my God, I can't, I have to, like, or do you get starstruck? Oh, yeah, all the time. And particularly with uh, musicians, uh, you know, when I've, um, I've had opportunities sometimes to actually ask the the real sort of B-side fan questions of certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that gets me crazy. I, I I have to tell this story because it's so unbelievable. I, I've um, David Furnish, who is Elton John's husband. We uh, D- David and I went to high school together. So over the years, I've known them, and I was there for their wedding uh, in 2006 in at, at their place in Windsor. And we all these incredible cars pulling up and carriages, and I walked inside. And the first person I saw at the bar was Elvis Costello, <laughs> who I'd met bef- once before, and he looked at me and he said. Oh hi, uh, you know George, and George Martin was standing beside Jesus him, and I just gosh. thought Elvis Costello just introduced me to George Martin at Elton John's wedding. So this happened, <laughs> and that that's that's the most I think that's the most it's huge. I ever it's was. huge. That's amazing. I, you know, and you said you, I got starstruck, and many of you may not know who this is, but you should. The guess who Burton Cummings? Oh, yeah. God, are you kidding? She's come undone. <laughs> she didn't know what she was headed for. Eric's got a Eric's Eric's buds with Burton. I oh. well, so Burton Cummings after the guess who continued to have this huge career in Canada and a lot of his except for Stan Tall, I don't think people down here would know his stuff as much. But huge part of my adolescence in the late seventies, and um, 
as as Stephen and I used to do a lot of uh, of charity events, we'd sing together. Whenever I got called to Canada, particularly Toronto, to do this one particular charity event, it was Gilda Radner's. Um, it was the what's the yeah. name? It's the, the, um, yeah. the evening was called. It's always something, and it was yeah. for for her charity. And every year they'd say, "Do you want to come and sing a song? We're going to do this big evening." Gilda's place. Gilda's Gilda's Gilda's, 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 Club. Gilda's Club. Gilda's Club. And every time I'd say, they'd say, "Do you want to sing?" Uh, something and i'd say every time i'd say sure why don't you ask burton cummings if he'll come and sing with me i I never i'd never met him i was just you know i knew he resided in toronto and every year they'd come back and say yeah we reached out he's not interested and finally uh, i I was i was being honored i got a star on canada's walk of fame and the hollywood walk that was a little he's got dual citizenship (laughs) That's Dual right. walk of fames, but I said okay, they said do you want to do any do you, do you want to do anything on the night other than your sort of acceptance <laughs> speech? I said no, no, except if Burton Cummings <laughs> will do a duet with me, and they they got back to me eventually and said yeah, no, he's he doesn't do duets. That night, Howie Mandel is hosting the show, and Nelly Furtado got a star, and all this, and then it was my turn. The speeches given. It. it turns out Deborah Messing gave this surprise sort of video speech. And then I thought they were about to say, come and get your thing. And they said, we have one more surprise for you. And the curtain went up and Burton Cummings was on stage at the piano by himself. And he sang the Guess Who's Sour Sweet for me. What? And that was... Did you cry? I cried. Like a son of a bitch, I How cried. How did you not cry? Uh, and like my parents... son had, of a bitch. My parents had both just passed away a couple of years earlier. So I was just like, I just wish you could be here. Because oh, that was a song I used to sing in my bedroom and pretend that I'd written it, you know? I and, love uh, that. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I do love that. What about you? Starstruck or any any moments? Nope. Nothing? <laughs> you never get starstruck. <laughs> They're all shit. <laughs> I'm bigger uh, than all of them. I'm bigger than all of I, I did meet Obama and, and again, you know, I'm not getting political, no matter who, no matter what you think of this guy, he was like meeting a superhero. He was perfectly kind of quaffed dressed. He was hilarious. And I'm even starting to speak like him. Aren't I? That's good. Oh, oh. And, and, and <laughs> I, I love your blank face. Yeah, there. yeah, no, he's, he's like, yeah, was all right. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Well, Speak like him. I finally, <laughs> I, I met him, and he looked at me the way these guys on that on this level do. They're they're prepped in advance of everybody who's going to be at some meet and greet. And he looked at me with, "Oh, hi, um, what are you working on?" And I, I, he vaguely knew that I was an actor, and he asked the the question, "What are you working on?" And that was it. And I have pictures of that. me with him. And I look like a complete starstruck, like I've been hit in the face with a spring-loaded boxing glove with confetti. <laughs> and he's looking super cool. And I look like, hey, you know, these are the official photographs. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, so that was bad. I, I remember uh, Tarantino was in a bowling alley there once. You go. And he uh, comes up and goes, fucking Lex Luthor. Oh. And I go, fucking Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> what the fuck? And we gave each other a hug. And that uh, was it. Yeah. <laughs> I was Look, just like, I whoa! Lo- I love him. I listen to his podcast all the time. I got to listen to it. It's really good. Him and Roger Avery. And also he's got a, a, a good audiobook called Cinema Speculation, where he breaks down these great uh, movies and you want to watch them. I know? can't believe it's his last movie he's doing. I mean, but is he, he's, I, mean, but I heard he's going to be doing television, though. Oh, wow. That's what I heard. Wow. Everybody's doing television. Everybody's doing television. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could talk to you guys all day, and you guys could hear them on uh, Eating Out. 
with Eric and Steve. That, <laughs> boy, you got to finish it or but, else. Uh, no, no, I want it. This is called uh, Shit Talking with Eric McCormick and Stephen Weber. What? Uh, this is rapid fire. Uh, my patrons, they have questions. There's it, Oh, okay. So patreon.com slash inside of you. Thank you for supporting the show. Couldn't do it without you. I was looking at the camera. Yeah, I was yeah, like, where cool. the fuck is he okay. looking at? <laughs> are they here? Oh, my, my patrons are behind you. My patrons. Mm. Uh, Ashley R., how did Eric feel about the reboot compared to the original? Uh, I felt older, much, much <laughs> older uh, than in the original. Uh, I loved it. I was really grateful for it. Great. There, that's that's the quick orthopedic reboot. Orthopedic. You weren't. You're not that old. Come on. He's seventy eight years you. old. Thank you. He's seventy. Jam and Jenny love Steve's performance in The Shining. Mm. I mean, a lot of people do. A lot of people say that's the best Shining. Uh, Any fun <laughs> stories? And did you meet Stephen King while filming? Now I know you did a bunch of stuff with Stephen King. Like yeah, a bunch of audiobooks and things, like, yeah. so he yeah, must yeah. have really liked you yes uh and he, you still talk to him uh you know i haven't uh we we have had a few uh, email exchanges over the years but he's uh he's on a different planet you know he's on planet king but he was around a lot during the filming of the shining and i was able to ask him questions because i was reading the book while doing it and i even remember if you have two seconds uh that uh, there was a, a portion of the book that i I couldn't understand. It was like a little triplet or something like that. And I asked him what it meant. And I thought, oh, great. I've got a living author downstairs. What does this mean, Steve? And basically he was like, yeah, this line um, is about a bottle of wine. This is because I was standing over a carpet and it had a color that intrigued me. And this, uh, I was drunk. And I was like, oh, thanks, Steve. I was hoping for something a little more profound. Really deep. (laughs) No, he was a great guy. He's fantastic. Did he express... On The Shining, how uns- dissatisfied is the right word, right? Mm. Thank you. Uh, he was with the original Shining, the Kubrick. He did. I mean, he was he was philosophical about it. I think he was he was ultimately disappointed that a, a filmmaker like Kubrick made it kind of bolderized King's work. It was in effect Stanley Kubrick's version of. Uh, the Shining, as opposed to Stephen King's Shining. I never read the book. Is it way different? Well. It's fantastic because ultimately, as scary uh, and fantastical as it is, you can see that it's about alcoholism. It's about the dissolution of a family. It's about redemption. It's about all the things that you don't associate with monsters or Stephen King. And the books and the stories that I've read of his are almost all about that, even something as epic as as the, the book It. It's yes, it's about Pennywise the clown and it's terrifying and all this stuff, but it's about so much more. So, um, was it taxing on you to do that part? Taxing, I mean, maybe not taxing enough because, uh, apropos of what I was talking about before, I, I really wish I could go back with what I know now about myself and about what it's like to be a, a mm-hmm. uh, flawed human being and attack those scenes again. It wasn't taxing. I was having too much fun. I was too excited to be there, you know, and it's actually, it's good. I mean, it's more than good. Uh, uh, the, the King faithful prefer it to Kubrick's film, but the Kubrick film obviously is a this iconic film. Do you both movie. love The Shining, the original Shining? I love the original. Yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. It's not Stephen King's movie. Best moment in The Shining. In uh, the Kubrick film? Yeah. Oh my God! Oh, look! I, it, it, what's terrifying is when they're he, he's walking up the stairs, 
and he's in he's oh, talking yeah. to Wendy and she is uh, she's not given way she's not given nearly enough credit. I mean, she's been Stare denigrated. Yeah. She Stare is so wrung out. Wrung out oh, and out of yeah. her mind with and we've heard all these stories, but it's fantastic. It's fantastic. But look, but you know the, the my my hang up with that with Jack Nicholson at that point was that he was playing something that was almost like amusement park size, but guy's great it happened really fast yeah yeah what's yours Mm, i um i i just immediately went to uh to the scene with lloyd the bartender i'm the kind of guy likes to know who's buying his drinks lloyd i don't know why that line i love what he says it was momentary lapse muscular coordination (laughs) my favorite as he knows is when she comes because jack jack someone's in the hotel they hurt danny and he goes you out of your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, just, I'm just, just going to bash your brains in. Bash them right, right, right the fuck in. Fuck in. <laughs> oh, it's too good. Oh, okay. Wait. Well, yeah. You know, Cranston <laughs> did a hilarious commercial uh, where he, they redid the whole, um, uh, with, with, uh, with Tracy Ross, uh, where they did the whole shining thing. It was for, Mountain Dew or something. Don't you remember? What? It, you got to look at this up. You got to look at this up. I'm Mr. Bacigalup <laughs> from the uh, Abbott and Costello show. <laughs> he, he played Jack Nicholson smashing the door in. And Tracy Ellis Ross was um, his wife. And then there's a, a, a little, almost subliminal uh, image of him as the twin girls. In oh, blue man, dresses, that, that blue pinafore dresses. Oh I'm my god! Begging you to. Everybody's gonna watch that it's now. It's unbelievably great. Last one, little Lisa. What song always gets you out on the dance floor? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yakety sax, right? <laughs> That's the one. You should see him go. <laughs> yakety sax. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, because I'm walking on air. Uh, <laughs> Please, no, uh, no, it would be uh, "You Shook Me All Night Long" by ACDC. What? Yes, if that if those first chords come up, I'm gonna go out and be Elaine from Seinfeld. I, I really, <laughs> I, I'm absolutely gonna be. What song do you find yourself singing a lot? Always, like whether it's a musical or a song. Do you, do you have a song that you're always kind of? Well, I'm all over the map with that. Um, um, let me think. What was? Let's say if it was a musical, what would it be? Well, lately, so I'm doing a musical in Toronto in three weeks, and so I've been singing those songs nonstop. I can't, so I can't think of anything else at the moment. But um, um, I go to BGS a lot. I I, I go to um, Deep Is Your Love. Yeah. Um, um, Played it all uh, on the nights on Broadway. Your eyes in the morning sun. Or I started a joke. Which started the whole world crying. Uh, I only see. Oh, okay. And then, then, then that oh. great bridge. I looked at the sky, running my hands over my eyes. Have you seen them doing God. that? Oc- the acapella? Like <laughs> just off the cuff like that? Well, I don't know. I'm totally drunk. They're on a show. <laughs> oh, so drunk. So drunk. <laughs> where they do they do an acapella thing where they do um how deep is your love oh oh yeah I saw it the other day and it's oh, like, yeah so good them, yeah whoa whoa you see the documentary too is uh, the yeah, documentary yeah, is yeah, great yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah was that it was Frank Marshall I think directed the, did he yeah I think so wow. am I crazy I think so um yeah love them so it's it's all it's usually something very falsetto-y like that yeah <laughs> like bread 
You have a picture, oh. thanks. I guess you want on the dance floor. No, no, do you dance by yourself like you're singing? Wait, 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 give me the, um, uh, make it with you. Have you ever tried reaching out for the other side? Got to be white. And if you're climbing on rainbows, white bread. I love that. Now it's. Wait, how about this? How about this? I found your diary on <laughs> yeah, the tree. Oh, I love that. But you know what? My favorite song of his is the solo, uh, Yellow. Uh, what is it? The uh, David the, Gates. Uh, David uh, Gates. Um, goodbye, Girl. Goodbye, Girl. Yeah. Oh, the Goodbye. Goodbye, Girl. You know that one? No. Yeah. You know how it goes? It, yeah, well, I, no, I, gotta, I can't think of how it begins. Um, I used to make out with Robin Leopold to that. Mm. And uh, <laughs> So you do remember it. Well, I, to to the bread album. Oh, I thought you were to, uh, just the movie. You no. just uh, the Dreyfus film. You just sit and fucking <laughs> the no. top would come off. Hold on, do the, hold on. The, the, the third no, bit. No, no, what? How about Isn't Wildfire? So Wildfire. That makes me oh, fucking yeah. cry. That song. Michael Martin. She comes down. Oh, yellow Mountain. Yellow Mountain. Yeah. When a cold mountain she rides on a pony she named Wildfire with a well by her side. <laughs> On a cold, cold Nebraska night. night. <laughs> oh, it's a, it, it that's a blizzard. She was lost. <laughs> we could go on forever. This has been a real treat. Uh, eating out with Eric and Steve. You can find the podcast everywhere. It's streaming everywhere. Yeah, I believe watch so it on everywhere. YouTube, right? Um, it's no, there's no visuals. There's, there's no, no visuals visual. yet. No visuals yet. But uh, oh, that would just crush too. Know, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be uh, later? This on. has been all. You guys are in success. Awesome. Oh, we we'll in we'll success. Yeah. Up. Uh, thank you, Michael, for yeah, having you. us here. Really great. Thank you this for having me. So I mean, great. Wait, I want to live here. Do you? Yeah, I do. You can live in. I have a guest bedroom. You can help me with the puppy. Oh, play with the puppy and go, use all your toys and everything. <laughs> I don't have planes. Well, I would do that with your sculpture if you are. I'd go, I know. I just got that from a, a fan. That's he so made great. that. I had, really? I had Pretty amazing, it. man. Oh, that looks like something that's existed for years. Well, I know, right? 3D. Maybe it'll come to life one time. That would be very creepy. Uh -huh. and, and, and look at you at night. There's a question. You can cut this out. But I, I mean, you're a young man. You have to be bald for so many years i know people did, still ask did me you hate it um or did you, you know for a while i kind of like it was kind of cool but i noticed like i was I, I don't think women were that much into me at right. all, that much but i think they uh, later on started right. with the ball a little bit yeah but uh jason statham kind of yeah he's that he's cool. sexy he's yeah. a he's a good looking guy stubble but it was seven years and it was 10 months a year. And yeah. It, you know, it was cold. I was up just there. aware yeah. of how young you were. Yeah. And, and just thinking, man, that's all, that's, you've got to be growing hair everywhere and you got to shave it constantly. I'm grateful, but they, they, they actually, in the beginning, it took an hour and a half to two hours of makeup to like, they had to shave right. it. And then right. they had put these layers to make so you couldn't see a hairline, different colors. Oh, wow. So it was, it was like, holy oh, shit. But also yeah, working with John Glover, who I keep the invoking. Best. That fucker can grow hair oh my God. like in a week. We need a full, yeah. we need a Grizzly Adams fucking beard. This has been a real joy. <laughs> uh, I love fantastic. you both. <laughs> on that, whatever that note is, yes, on that note. This is awesome. Listen to their podcast, Eating Out with Eric and Steve. I mean, look at this. This is the best. They are the best. They're so funny. <laughs> I love it. Right, oh, stay there real quick. Let me get a little picture and then we can do a little selfie when we're done. So we have a little, uh, are you going to hold hands? No. No. Three. <laughs> we could. Two. One.
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I love those guys. I wish them the best in the podcast. Hopefully they'll come back. Uh, they, they were just a joy to watch together. That's why I think you should listen to their podcast, watch their podcast, because they just are so much fun, and you're going to have so much fun doing that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. It meant a lot to me that you came to the house, took your valuable time, and came to me. Came to me. I want to thank everybody for listening. Subscribe, write a review. It helps the podcast tremendously. Algorithms, all that shit. The Inside of You online store has tons of stuff. Go there. You're going to get Smallville merch and um, uh, always got new stuff going on. Talkville, listen to Talkville if you have a chance. Talkville um, is the podcast where we um, explore Smallville and watch every episode. And you go to the talkvillepodcast.com to get tons of cool merch there too. All right, top tier patrons. These are the folks that just are unbelievable. I don't know what else to say. They make the podcast possible. I couldn't do it without you. I love you. Nancy D, Leah K, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Raj C, Joshua D, Jennifer N, Stacey L, Jamal F, Janelle B, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 more, Santiago M, Chad W, Ryan. Leanne P, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Talia M, Betsy D, Angel M, Rhiannon C. Corey K, Deb Nixon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Joey M. Eugene and Leah, Corey, Heather L, Angela F, Mel S, Caroline R, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Tim L, Oracle. Amanda R, Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jorel, Jamin J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stone H, Brian L, Aaron R. Kendall L, Meredith I, Kara C. I was watching um, Exorcist 3 again, and there's this creepy scene where he's like, uh, what do you, uh, some woman's giving a confession, and so the priest is there and listening. He's like, okay, just confess your sins. God will forgive you. The first, the first one was the girl at Candlestick Park, Father. I cut her throat and watched her bleed. And his eyes go wide like, holy. And then he, she starts to go. <laughs> it's creepy, dude. 
Anyway, Jessica B, Kyle F, Marisol P, Esteban G, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L. Is that right? Marion Louise L. Romeo B, Veronica Q, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L. We love you. Thank you. From Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. I'm Ryan Tez. I'm also here. Ryan Tez. A little wave. We love you. Thank you. And always, Ryan. Uh, be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. All right. We'll see you later. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.